Turn your Bibles with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, the message is on the wall. Uh, I'm glad for being on the back wall. Don't turn around all at once, but I'm seeing the same image on the back wall, which is nice. It's a nice feature for me, so I don't have to crank my neck around and look at at the screen on the side. But uh, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, This booklet, if you please take it out. Uh, All of you have one, I hope. Uh, it's a booklet uh, that's uh, just printed a few, a few weeks ago. Uh, tell you a little story about how this booklet came about. Uh, there's a place in Greenville called the Academy of Arts. It's a, uh, Nicky Chavers just passed away. He was the founder, he was uh, like 90, or not 90, he was about 78 years old. Uh, he was a faculty at Bob Jones for several years. He uh, started the Academy of Arts back in 74, and uh, 1974, and it's just a really wonderful place and uh, where pe- people learn drama, Christian drama, and uh, they, have a, they, have a, they give a master's in, in, a, in, a, in performing arts, and uh, it's a small school, only about, about this many students, right here, about that many students, it's not a big school at all. But it's a very wonderful place. And I spoke in chapel there. And uh, one of the young men came up to me. I, I spoke these same three sermons that you're seeing here in one week. I, I preached three times that one week and I preached these messages. And uh, he came up to me and says, uh, I, I would like to have that in a booklet. Can I, can I make a booklet for you? I said, sure, yeah, go ahead. And so he did all the graphic arts in here for me and uh, put this book together. And uh, so what I'm doing is this is my first Sunday to do this. So you're, you're my guinea pigs, okay? You're my guinea pigs. Uh, but uh, I did preach this at, uh, at the Academy of Arts in Greenville. But this is designed for Sunday school, morning, and afternoon or evening service. And so that's what I'm doing today. It's the first time I've, I've done it away from Greenville. I'm looking forward to bringing you the, these three messages this morning. If you weren't here in Sunday school... Um, I'm sure that somebody can give you the, the notes to fill in. The, there's just a one word per blank that you need to know. And so you can uh, get that from somebody else that was here during the Sunday school hour. And I trust you can stay for the next service after our meal when we conclude. And uh, so that's the little history of this booklet. And I'm thankful for it. Thankful for uh, the guy that did the graphic arts for me. Okay, we already read the passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, so let's get right into the message. I need to turn from Deuteronomy where I was and get, get over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Just give me a moment to do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The Apostle Paul takes us back to the books of Exodus and Numbers here in our passage. Because of time, we're not going to be turning to our Old Testament passages back and forth. We're going to stay right here in this chapter this morning. But if we were to turn back and forth, we could read all of the stories that are taking place in this chapter. But this, this is a chapter of warning. The Apostle Paul is warning the Corinthians that, to, to understand that they are capable of sinning. Uh, just because you're saved and washed in the blood doesn't mean you can't still sin. Any, any Christian here ever sinned since you've been saved? Uh, or, or am I alone? Am I alone in that? We, we, we're not perfect. We're, we're not sinless. But uh, we have been set free from sin. We've been set free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. Praise God for that. But uh, this is a story of, of, of the Jewish nation who were God's chosen people, 
who messed up royally. I mean, they, there's so many offenses here against God in, the, in these verses that we read. And we'll be looking at that here in just a moment. But uh, just to give you a little overview of the chapter, look at verse, verse 5 and 6 with me, please. Chapter 10, verse 1 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples in the, in the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolatries, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So the, the first thing is the, is the admonition. There's an admonition that's given here in this chapter. The admonition is verse 5 and 6 and also verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, that they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And then in verse, verse 12, is, excuse me, I got a little too uh, trigger happy with the remote. In verse 12, here's our advice. The advice that we're given to us by Paul is to take heed lest you fall. If you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. There's not a Christian in this room. I don't care how spiritual you are or think you are. You are capable of falling into sin. You are capable. You're susceptible. You, you're vulnerable. All of us can, can sin at any time. And we need to be very, very aware of that and, and, and be cautious of, of, of our sin nature that we've been cursed with. Uh, we've been blessed with a new nature, but we still have the old nature. We still have that old flesh nature within us. Galatians 5 talks about that. But then our answer, the answer is verse 13. The, the answer is that there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able to bear. But with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Praise God for that verse. That verse 13 is a great, great verse. We're going to get right started with the outline in front of us. Number one, number one in your notes, rest on the solid rock firmly. Rest on the solid rock firmly. Verse, verse uh, 4 there is, is the text for that. And this is typology. This is what we call in the Bible typology. A type is a literal story. It's a literal object. For instance, the tabernacle. If you're familiar with the tabernacle in the Old Testament. The tabernacle had all these objects and had the laver and the golden, the, the candlestick, and all these things were objects, but they symbolized or they were the they typology of Christ. Christ is the light of the world. He's the bread of life, the, the manna that was there, and, and all these things that were examples of Jesus Christ. But um, here, here the water that came out of the rock, the, the water that when, when Moses struck the rock, water came out to feed and to, to water all these perhaps over two million Jewish people were there in the wilderness. And so this was not just a little trickle of water. This wasn't just a little stream of water. This was a, go a, a gushing amount of water that came out of the rock to feed all of these people. And so that's, the, that's the, ty the, the typology, is the type of Christ that's mentioned right here. In fact, it just says, I'll read it again, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Uh, typology is an Old Testament picture of a New Testament truth. Here in verse 4, we see the example of typology. 
the Old Testament pattern of Jesus Christ being the rock. And uh, I want to read a verse to you from, from Psalm 40. Uh, this is a great passage of scripture. I love, I love these verses. I waited patiently for the Lord and inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, that's Jesus Christ, and established my goings. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So the, the rock that we have is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, from this passage of scripture, I have a sermon that I, that I love to preach from, from, that ver from those verses in Psalm 41 through 3. He brought me up, he cleaned me up, he set me up, and he tuned me up. Okay? He did, he did all those things for me from that passage of scripture. I'll say it one more time. He brought me up out of sin. He cleaned me up. He washed me. He set my feet upon a rock, and he tuned me up. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Deuteronomy 32, verse 3 and 4 says, Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe you greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect, and all of his judgments are, are all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. So we've seen number one. Number two in your notes, we need to refuel with God's word daily. Rest on that solid rock. Rest on Jesus Christ. Make sure that you're putting your faith and trust in him on a daily basis. And then refuel with God's word every day. Verse 3. Let's look at verse 3 of our passage. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Did all eat the same spiritual meat? Now they were, they were eating physical food. They were eating the manna. That, that white substance, that, that, that heavenly manna that came down from heaven six days a week and on, on the Sabbath it didn't come down because it was a Sabbath. They, they, they had enough on Friday for two days. and So it, all this manna that came down was a literal, literal bread for their, for their substance. But also it says that all eat of the same spiritual meat. And so this is referring to the Word of God. It's referring to Jesus Christ who... In, in, in John chapter 6 talks about the fact that he was the bread of life that came down from him and he was the heavenly manna but also the scripture the scripture is the 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 bread of life that we need to 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 have daily strength from let me read some verses to you from Deuteronomy uh, that talk about this Deuteronomy chapter 8 and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to test thee to know what was in your heart whether you should keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and he suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna. Here's the manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that, she might, that, that he might make thee know what doth, that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And so that was a quotation from Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus was tempted by the, by the devil in Matthew 4, he quotes that verse, the last part of that verse, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so we need to refuel with God's word on a daily basis. Uh, make sure you're, you're reading your Bible every day, folks. Make sure you're studying your Bible and reading it so that you have the spiritual strength to overcome temptation, to overcome the devil's snares and darts that he throws at you because the devil is always out there, as we talked about in the last hour in Sunday school, the devil's out there to destroy your life and to ruin your life and your testimony. 
and take you far from God. Number three, review the, oh, that's another slide I forgot about. Uh, another example of typology, uh, the, the typology of the manna, but also of the, of the, word, of, of the word of God. Uh, the word of God is, is, our, is, our, is our daily sustenance. We need to be reading the Bible and studying it so that we have spiritual nourishment through God's word on a daily basis. So feast on God's word every single day. Number three. Review the consequences of sin frequently. Review the, con the consequences of sin frequently. Verse 7, 8, 9, and 10. If you look at those verses with me, please, and we're, we're still in 1 Corinthians 10. We're not leaving that chapter. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7, 8, 9, and 10. There's, if you look at verse 7, you'll see that neither be idolatries as were some of them, as is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. That's referring back to Exodus chapter 32. In Exodus 32, the golden calf was there. Moses was up on top of the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments. And Aaron and Hur, they, they built this golden calf. They merged, they, they formed it out of all the gold and the, 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 the bracelets and the the earrings that of all the, the women that had, and they, they made this golden calf. And it's a, it's a terrible story. It's a terrible story of false worship, of, of idolatry. And idolatry has been all through the Bible. It's the Old Testament, New Testament, it's, it's, it's today. There's people that are, are all kinds of idolatry today, that in, 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 even in churches, even in uh, Christian churches, so-called. But... Um, here we see the, the golden calf story, and, and uh, that, that's a tragic story because the, the people, they, they rose up to worship this golden calf, and Moses comes down from the top of the mountain. He melts it down. He has the people drink of the melted gold, and they, they're cursed because of their false worship. And we need to understand that Satan wants to get us to to, to worship other gods besides the true God. And we need to, we need to be very careful of that. And then verse 8 is the fornication and adultery of, of 23,000 people dying. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and 20,000 people. This is a story that took place as they were among other, other nations that weren't, that weren't Jewish. And as they, 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 inter, they intermarried, they, they, sometimes they didn't even marry, they just committed adultery, they committed fornication with these other women. And God destroyed 23,000 people in one day. 23,000 people died from a judgment from God. That's pretty severe, wouldn't you think? And then Numbers uh, 21, the next verse, verse 9, it says that they, they loathed the manna. They, they hated the manna, they had ingratitude. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. This is the story of, of the, uh, the, the golden calf incident and then the, uh, the fornication and adultery. Now the next slide is, is the, the venomous serpents. Uh, this took place in Numbers chapter 21. As the serpents came and they, they, they bit the people, if they, if they, if they looked at the, at the brazen serpent that Moses erected on the pole, they're, they're on the left side. You see, it just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And if we look to, if we look to Jesus Christ, we'll be saved. 
And that's, that's a wonderful story there in, in the book of Numbers 21. You can read that later today in your Bible. But it's a great story of how, of how the, even though the serpents were, were killing the people, and if they didn't look to the, if they didn't look to the, the serpent on the, wilder, uh, the, serpent on the, on the, on the pole, they, they would die. They had, they had to look. They had to look and live. We have that song in our, I think you have that song in your book, Look and Live, My, my Savior. Look to Jesus Christ and live. So that's another typology. Just as the serpent was on the, on the pole, so Jesus Christ was on the cross. And if we look to Jesus Christ, we can be saved. But the people, they, they, loathed, the, they, they loathed the bread. They, they, didn't, they didn't want the man anymore. They, were ingrat- they had ingratitude in their hearts. And it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And then the last story here is Numbers chapter 14. Verse 10 talks about Numbers 14. The, ten, the 12 spies that go and <clears throat> they're gone for 40 days. And uh, that's why there was 40 years of wandering. Remember the story. There was 40 years of wandering because they, for 40 days they searched out the land. And 10 of the 12 brought back a negative, pessimistic report. Oh, there's giants in the land. There, there's, there's these giants. We're, we're, we're just grasshoppers in their, in, in their sight. We're just little, uh, little grasshoppers. They're, they're, so, they're so big. There's so many of them. They have walled cities. We won't be able to conquer this place. You see, the Jews had been in Egypt for all those 400 years. They're 40 years in the wilderness now. They're, they're getting back into the land. They could have walked right in. They could have gone right into the promised land and taken it over. But because of their unbelief, because of their rejection of God's promises, they had to wander 40 years for every for the 40 days that they were spying out the land. They had, to, they had to wander for one year for every day that they that they were rebellious against God. So the sin of murmuring. The majority believed the evil report and the ten spies and instead of the positive and faith-filled report of Joshua and Caleb. There was 40 years of wandering in, in wilderness because of their sin. Every, every Israelite above the age of 20 died in the wilderness but Joshua and Caleb. Every one of them died in the wilderness besides Joshua and Caleb who were above the age of 20. So you need to review the consequences of sin frequently because there's, quant- there's great consequences to sin. Next, recognize your insufficiency humbly. Look at verse 12 with me, please. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Realize or recognize your insufficiency humbly. None of us are above any sin. Did you, do you understand that? None of us are above any... Oh, I, I'd, never, I'd never do that. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's above me. I, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm a godly Christian. I, I could never do that. Well, when you look at the Bible stories and you see things going on in our world today... You see people falling into all kinds of sin as Christians. And it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's heartbreaking to see Christians fall. And so don't think that you're above any temptation. Don't think that you're above falling to any sin. All of us are capable of any sin. We, we have a sin nature still. I, I, wish, I wish that we would get rid of our sin nature the moment we're saved. 
It would be completely gone, but we're, it's still there, folks. It's still there. We still have this sin nature that's in us that wants to sin. We, we, we enjoy sinning, don't we? We shouldn't, but some people, they just get in the flesh. Instead of walking in the spirit, they're, they're walking in the flesh, and they're enjoying their sin life. As a, as a Christian, they're enjoying a sinful lifestyle, and it's, it's a sad, sad thing. But none of us are above any sin, and look at the examples that are here on the screen. Samson, David, and Solomon. All three of those men are great Old Testament characters. Samson was one of the judges, but uh, he had a woman problem, didn't he? He had, he had a w women problem multiple times with women. And uh, he was the strongest man in the Bible, but yet very weak spiritually. David was one of the most spiritual men in the Bible, a man after God's own heart, and yet he sinned with Bathsheba, the wife of, of the, um, Uriah. Are you right? Am I thinking right? Uriah the Hittite, okay? And uh, so this, my mind is not sharp, but Uriah the Hittite, and he sinned with his wife. And then we have Solomon, who uh, was the wisest man in the Bible, but wasn't very wise with women, was he? He had uh, all these hundreds and hundreds of wives and concubines and cucumbers and all these other things and, and just, just all, all of this, uh, all these other women on the side. And, and uh, when, you, when you look at Ecclesiastes, our pastor, uh, Pastor Josh Crockett in Greenville Morningside Baptist Church, he's doing a great job of the book of Ecclesiastes right now. Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon towards the end of his life. And he realized, Solomon realized how, how much he blew it, how much he really blew it in his life. And, and, he, and he regrets all of his mistakes, and he repents of it. And the book of Ecclesiastes is a wonderful book about showing that. And uh, so when you study the book of Ecclesiastes, look at, look at it as a, a life looking back of Solomon, looking back upon his life and regretting all of the mistakes that he's made as a Christian. As a, as a Old Testament believer. Okay, where am I in my notes here? Okay. We should never have a proud attitude that says, that could never happen to me. Look at, look at Samson, the strongest man in the Bible, David, one of the most spiritual men in the Bible, and Solomon, one of the wisest men in the Bible next to Jesus. If they all committed adultery, who do we think we are? Who do we think we are? We're, all of us are capable of adultery or any sin. We need to be walking with the Lord in the power of his might, staying close to him, having our devotions, reading our Bibles, being faithful to church, doing all the things that we know we should be doing, or else we're capable of sinning and dis disappointing God and, and harming the cause of Jesus Christ. So recognize your, in, your insufficiency humbly. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall, Proverbs 16, 18 says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. So just realize that you can't live the Christian life in your own power and your own strength. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The Apostle Paul emphasized that only Christ was sufficient and we can have sufficiency in him. It says in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have the, this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power 
may be of God and not of us. So God wants to strengthen you, Christian friend. He wants to give you the power to live the Christian life, but you must walk with him on a daily basis. Number five. Number five. Lessons learned. Again, we're looking at lessons learned from the Old Testament regarding temptation and overcoming sin. Number five, remember that God provides exits faithfully. Remember that God provides exits faithfully. Verse 13. We've read this verse already. I'll read it again. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that you're able but with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Remember that God provides exits faithfully. If you'll turn, for, for those of you that weren't here in Sunday school, if you'll turn to the back of your booklet, please. Just take the very, the, your booklet, turn to the back cover, the inside and, and back cover. There's 32 ways there of overcoming temptation. 32 different ways and they're alphabetized for you, okay? Uh, all A to Z. Of, of 32 different ways of overcoming temptation. So when, we, when we're tempted, and we all are tempted all the time. When you're tempted, you need to take God's exits, plural. I don't believe there's just one way of escape. I believe there's 32 ways of escape. You, you, can, you can avoid temptation in all of those different ways. If you look at the, if I won't repeat those. I read them in Sunday school. At the end of our Sunday school class, I won't repeat them again. But look those over and study those. That's, uh, that's from a book I've written called uh, Christian Growth from A to Z. There's four chapters. That's the fourth chapter on, on overcoming temptation. But uh, 32 different ways. There's 26 letters in the alphabet, but I doubled some of, some of the letters. So there's 32 different ways of overcoming temptation. You don't have to sin, Christian. You don't have to sin. Uh, we can overcome by the, by the Spirit's power. Praise God. Last, number six. Number six. Run from certain sins quickly. Run from certain sins quickly. Notice verse 14. Wherefore, my, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. Flee means to run, doesn't it? Run away from it. Uh, we're supposed to run away from several things in the Bible. Uh, turn your Bible back to chapter 6. Go back to chapter 6 with me, please. We're supposed to flee from fornication. We're supposed to flee from idolatry, first of all, right here in our chapter. But then back in chapter 6, verse 18, it says we're supposed to flee fornication, flee premarital sexual relationships. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sins against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Uh, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so God wants us to, to be holy, a holy vessel dedicated to him. So we're supposed to flee from idolatry. We're all supposed, supposed to flee from fornication. The, the story, uh, the picture that I have here is of Joseph fleeing Potiphar's wife. This, she was a strange woman. She was a strange woman. She was uh, uh, 
just a very sexual person. She, she had all the, all the slaves go out of the house except Joseph. He was put in charge of the household, and, but all the other servants were gone, and she tries to force him. And he flees away from her in Genesis chapter 39. He's a righteous young man. He could have, he could have had sex with this woman, but he, he realized it was wrong. He, 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 he fled away. He, he ran. He got, in, he got in prison for it. He was falsely accused. He was put in prison wrongly for it. But God blessed him, and he became the second command of all of Egypt, and God rewarded him. But so flee idolatry, flee fornication, and flee covetousness. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, I'll read it to you. It says, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Verse 10 says, But the love of money is the root of all evil. While some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. So we need to run from certain temptations. Here's a summary of what we've shared with you this morning. We need to rest on God's, uh, on the solid rock firmly. Realize that Jesus Christ is your solid rock. Just keep your feet planted on Jesus Christ firmly. Refuel with God's word on a daily basis. Don't, don't have your devotions once a week. Have them every day. Read your Bible every single day. Make sure you're in the word of God and getting strength from, from God's word on, on a habitual daily, daily basis. Review the consequences of sin frequently. Look, look back at these stories in this, in this chapter. There are several stories that we've covered with you. And look at, look at other people that you know in your lifetime. People, uh, Christians who have fallen, that have really messed up their lives and, and realize that anybody's capable of those things. Re review the conse consequences of sin frequently. Recognize your insufficiency humbly. Re realize how, how vulnerable you are and realize that you need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God and be always steadfast and immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. And then remember that God provides exits faithfully. And we've shared with you 32 ways there in that, in that back of the booklet, 32 ways of overcoming temptation. You don't have to sin. You can overcome by the power of God. And then run from certain sins quickly. Don't negotiate with sin. Get, get away from it. Avoid it. Run from it. Uh, don't, don't try to stay around and prove how strong you are. Uh, get away from the source of temptation as quickly as you can. All right, let's bow our heads, please, and close our eyes. Now, everything we've shared today is for the believer. Uh, Everything I've talked about is for the Christian, those that know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If, if you're here without Christ, this is good advice. These are all, these are all good, good, good advice for you. But you can't really live this out because you don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit to help you. You don't have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you to help you live the Christian life. You must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. I trust if you're here without Jesus this morning that you'll come. Uh, there's going to be a closing song, and uh, we, we want you to come uh, here to the front. I'll be here if, if you need to talk with, with somebody. I would be glad to talk with you or have a, a, maybe a qualified lady talk to you if you're a lady. 
And if you're not settled with your salvation, please get it settled today. Make sure you know that salvation's yours, that you're Christ, that you, that you know him as your Savior, and uh, that he's your Lord this morning. Would you stand with me, please, as we close in prayer? Would you stand, please? Then we'll have the song leader come. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful chapter and these verses that we've looked at this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can overcome temptation. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to sin. We're not, no one's putting a gun to our head and making us sin. We have a choice of sinning or not sinning. And thank you, Lord, for the victory you give us in Jesus Christ, which is our last message this afternoon, victory in Jesus. I pray that you would bless that, that final message this, this afternoon after our meal. And I pray that you bless this message to our hearts. May people take this booklet with them, read it, study it, review it, meditate upon the principles here. And may, they, may you give victorious Christian lives to these saints of God in this room. May we understand that, Lord, we, we are in the last days. We're in perilous times. We're in dangerous times. We're in days of apostasy and turning away from God and away from the Bible. And we're, we're living in just terrible days. But God, we thank you that Jesus Christ is still on the throne, that he's coming back. He's going to be the King of kings and Lord of lords someday. And uh, he's going to reign this, in this world and have complete peace for a thousand years. Father, I pray that you would bless the, the, this church. Thank you for Pastor Wood. Thank you, Lord, for his wife and his family that serve here. And we ask your blessing upon their vacation. Give them a good time away and keep them safe as they come back to this congregation. Thank you that he invited me to, to speak today in his absence. Lord, it's an honor to be here. I ask your blessing upon uh, the rest of our, of our day. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here that needs Jesus, they'll be saved today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.